I'm Gwenna Lathland, and this is the Mama Cusses podcast, the podcast dedicated to all the cussable moments in parenting. Disclaimer, the Mama Cusses podcast may have curse words, profanity, or adult topics. Okay, it will definitely have those things. If you have sensitive littles listening with you, now might be the time to pop on those headphones or go hide in the bathroom with your grown-up juice. Disclaimer to the other disclaimer, I have to apologize in advance for the overall quality of this recording. My guest host sounds amazing, but I encountered a technical error that I was unaware of until we were done recording. So it sounds a little bit like I'm yelling through a potato through most of the time. I do apologize. I know you're not supposed to apologize for your work, but it really does sound like shit. So it's a great interview and I didn't want to not publish it. I appreciate your understanding that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. All right, let's get this shit going. Today I have Renee of The Mom Room on with me. And I met Renee on TikTok. Um, I followed her for quite some time before she knew I existed. (laughs) And I absolutely love her stuff. Hello, Renee. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm happy to be on your podcast. Wonderful. I'm very excited. I have been thinking about this episode uh, since we first kind of kind of discussed a pod swap uh, a couple weeks ago, and I've been so excited to get this underway. So before we really launch into what we're going to be talking about, tell me about you and the crotch fruit that you are attempting to not fuck up. Okay, I just have to say, I think in your I think it was the mom guilt episode when you referred to children as sex trophies like (laughs) I I think about this term all the time just so you know and now what did you just call it a a fruit a what a crotch fruit fruit? (laughs) okay that's the best um (laughs) I love it so much so yeah I am 35 years old I have almost a two-year-old son Um, I just finished my PhD in psychology before all this quarantine stuff happened. And yeah, I think I got once I was stuck in quarantine is when I really started to create content stuff on TikTok. And then yeah, I started to do my Instagram stuff more started to put more energy into my blog. And now I have my own podcast. And yeah, so that's, that's me. Awesome. That is fantastic. Well, today we are talking about kind of a heady topic. Uh, to to be quite honest, we are talking about what it is to lose our identity as a mom, like something magical or instinctive or frightening happens the minute we squeeze out, cut out or obtain a child. Mm-hmm. However, it was we walked into momhood there is this fundamental shift where everything we were is still there. We're still that human, but we're also this other thing. And and mom becomes our primary 
existence for quite some time. I mean, our children, we love them. We worked very hard for them in one way or another. We continue to work very hard for them. And it is so easy to cast off everything else in favor of motherhood. And it's, it's weird to, to kind of wrap your head around who you are once you have kids. I totally agree. I love this topic. <laughs> so now your, your child and my two youngest are right around the same age. Um, did you, when, when were you first aware of this, this fundamental shift in the makeup of you? I think so for me, I was, I got pregnant with Milo when I was in my PhD program. So I was able to take, once I gave birth, I was able to take a 12 month maternity leave. And I remember like consciously making a decision like, okay, Renee, you have these 12 months to solely focus on being a mom solely focused on like taking care of Milo, like doing all the mom stuff. And I didn't really um, stress about anything else. Like I was still doing some interests like my yoga and whatnot. Um, But then I think it really hit me once the maternity leave was over. So then I had these expectations to kind of jump right back into how I was used to living my life. But it wasn't like that obviously that didn't end up happening. And so I was able to finish school. Um, Milo went to daycare, but now it's really sunken with living at home with Milo, not being in daycare uh, and me not being able to basically leave the house for much. Right. Right. So it's really been noticeable uh, the past few months for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it should be, it it should be stated, uh, most of my audience is in the U S the fact that you stopped listening when she said she could take (laughs) months of maternity leave. That's because she's Canadian. (laughs) So if that's the part part you stopped listening because like, that's well, hoity toity, you, no, no, no. They just have responsible maternity and paternity leave policies. Um, so yeah, I, I always forget that too. And I, it's honestly, everyone I talk to of my friends in Canada that's had a baby and has had a baby recently, we cannot believe that like other people don't get the 12 months. Cause even at 12 months, we still find it difficult to, you yeah, know, absolutely. send them to daycare. And yeah. So hashtag episode two mom guilt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So do you find like as you're kind of accepting these these this new identity of motherhood and it's coming at the cost of what you were pre-Milo, do you ever find yourself mourning your old life? I yeah, I loved that question because I think a lot of people don't want to admit that they miss their old life because you know, then people are going to look at you and and think that you don't enjoy being a mom or let you regret having a child, but that's not the case at all. Like I often think about, you know, my days where I was living in Ottawa in a condo by myself. I could walk to do groceries, do yoga whenever I wanted, 
Like right. clean, clean the entire condo in 45 minutes, make myself dinner, like whatever you want to do. Of course, I would miss that <laughs> because now you don't have any time to yourself, right? But then I also think if I was magically transported back into that life, I would mourn the life that I have now. So like it's it doesn't like you're always going to mourn what you don't have or what you lost right 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 well and for a lot of moms what they don't what they either it just hasn't occurred to them or they don't want to admit it is okay to briefly experience anger that you can't just go to the fucking store without 16 bags a car seat and a wailing child who is uncooperative it's okay to feel angry but that's just not available to you anymore anger is a stage of grief yeah and if you allow yourself to work through that uh responsibly um it's going to make it a little easier um even from the perspective of having more than one kid i i waited 11 years not because i necessarily wanted to wait 11 years that's just how my life path worked itself out but 11 years was just long enough to completely forget everything I knew about fucking babies <laughs> and how hard they are. So then I just added two more, you know, just, just for fun. Let's, let's learn all of this again. And even though I was already a mom and I had an 11 year old child, when these extra two came along, it, it, there was still a period of mourning because my 11-year-old, I didn't have to wake up on Saturday mornings. She was perfectly capable of pouring herself a bowl of Fruit Loops, getting her tablet, and leaving me the fuck alone. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I didn't abandon her, absolutely, but I could I could sleep till 8 or 9, and that would be okay. And now my younger two at 2 are like, ha, 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 bitch, pet. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the mourning process is kind of important to acknowledge. Like you don't have to step by step, you know, levels of grief through it, but it is important to go ahead and yeah, that's a part of me that I do miss. That is a time in my life that I absolutely took for granted because I couldn't know the the level of of showmanship I was going to have to add, you know, when I obtained a child no totally and I mean yeah I also miss when I you know was 13 and could do flips and cartwheels and uh right you know like there's of course you're gonna miss parts of your previous life I think but I I wish more people would admit it and even maybe acknowledge it to themselves yeah yeah I think so much of momhood is kind of wrapped up in this (laughs) I've had somebody call it shame lizard. There's just this lizard that perches on top of your brain and shames you for the thoughts that you think you're not supposed to have. Yeah. And I I think that shame lizard like quadruples in size when you have kids because you're not supposed to mourn. You're not supposed to feel bitter. You're not supposed to, oh my God, mom burnout. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to experience that. Moms never, ever burn out. No, and especially I think it's I think it's even more so with social media um, yeah. because it's presented in a way that, you know, everything is amazing and beautiful and you sh- you should be so blessed and and, you know, which, OK, I get it. But 
yeah. there's also another side to it. It's not just that. And I think when people are exposed to that kind of content constantly, then of right. course they, they don't want to be the one that, that says something to the contrary. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so when you get time to yourself, when you do have a departure, either bedtime or, you know, the significant other is caring for Milo, do you feel lost as to what the fuck you're supposed to do with yourself when your mom version is off duty? I, um, one thing that I struggle with a lot is nap time. Because right now Milo's napping about like two to three hours in the afternoon. So that's a good chunk of time. But, and there's a million things that I want to get done because you have no time to get anything done when they're home. So when he goes to bed, it's like, okay, there's so many things I want to do, but I also just want to lay down. Like, that's all I want to do is lay down. So I have like major cognitive dissonance because I want to be doing all these things and be productive and get things done. But I also know in the back of my mind that as like he could wake up at any moment and then I'm fucked until bedtime. Like I ha- I can't do anything. So it's like I try and rush and get a few things done that are priorities for me. And then I'll just lay down and usually fall asleep. I'll see that priorities. That is such a fantastic like there was there was a mind shift that I experienced right around the my my two youngest's first birthday and that it is okay if I let some things that were important to me free new babies if I just let those go and I figured out what things were important to me and then I periodically get to go through is that still something that I care about I really care for a clean space. So I make myself a priority of making sure that I'm cleaning up. And I involve my kids and I do all that mom shit that you're supposed to do to teach them how to be good humans. But a clean space is important for me. However, having the laundry put away is less important as long as it's clean. I can get clean laundry out of a basket same as I can off a hanger in the closet. (laughs) So for me, that's just... The laundry's clean, and that is the clean basket, and that is the dirty basket. Don't confuse the two. And yeah, that's that's one of the things that I just I don't I don't have time. I don't have mental energy to care about this anymore. It is not my priority. If somebody else in the house wants to make it a priority, have fun. Yeah, totally. And that was one thing before Milo. You know, I was really the thing is before you have a child, you have time to do everything that you would like to do. So you have time to be a perfect mom when you don't have kids. Exactly. And so once you do have a child, now all of a sudden you have to pick and choose what you care about mm-hmm. and what yeah. is your priority. So before Milo, I was, you know, spending a lot of time like meal planning and grocery shopping and making dinners and, you know, reading books just for fun and, doing yoga and now yeah and now I don't I don't have that same like to me the nutrition stuff all that stuff just kind of fell to the side because I care more about focusing on something having a project having a goal which is where you know like all the mom room stuff comes in 
So now when I do have time, instead of, you know, taking a bath or uh, making a a nice salad, uh, I do my mom room stuff, which clearly is my priority instead of the other stuff. So, right. So, you know, we, we talked about your, your yoga. Um, what, what elements of your self-care routine do you think have fundamentally suffered? I mean, there's the, the standard stuff that you have to do. You have to shower every once in a while, just for like health and safety reasons. (laughs) Yes. But like, I was always a big like spa day lover. Like I would go spend three hours pre-baby in the shower and I would do a face mask and a hair mask and my nails and that was my me time. Now that wasn't like every day, but I would carve out time to pay attention to my body. And then I had babies and my body looked completely foreign and I didn't have time to spend three hours. Now it's, I'm really proud of myself that I have showered every day for two fucking weeks, Renee. Two weeks. (laughs) Wow. Every day. Like, (laughs) who are you trying to impress? I know, weird flex, but. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm still really proud of myself. Oh, totally. <laughs> what what aspects, if any, of your self-care routine do you think have fundamentally uh, either suffered or that you've just had to, you know what, I can't care about it anymore? Yeah, I used to always, I'm like you, I love spa stuff. So mm-hmm. I love taking baths. And now friggin' Milo takes a bath in our beautiful tub every evening and I take a bath maybe once every like two months. <laughs> Whereas before, like before I was taking baths all the time and you know, you like exfoliate your feet and I would like clip my cuticles and you know, like I had so much time yeah. to just take care of all those things. And now none of that stuff, I don't do that stuff at all. So that for yeah, there's sure just, there's just no space for it uh, no and yeah. so that has definitely fallen off uh the wagon yoga has fallen off in the last year which is uh, now especially like milo's at home and uh nothing's open right now but i would like to get that going again um and yeah i think making dinners has kind of fallen off so do you feel that that having to give those things up has altered your personality? Um I don't think not so much my personality, but I think it right. is I think when you let things go like that that you normally would care about, maybe you're like a little bit internally frustrated, but Yeah. But I always say to myself, you know, if you really wanted to do yoga, if you really wanted to meal plan and, you know, make your healthy dinners, you would do it. But right. you're, you're choosing right now to use your free time doing the mom room stuff, writing, reflecting, like, you know, doing the podcast stuff. So I can't really get, get too frustrated because it's a choice that I'm making right now anyways. So aside from the mom room and for me, mama cusses, what new aspects of your personality or your identity as a human? I know those two aren't quite the same thing, but 
what new aspects about yourself did you discover post baby making and having? I would say definitely you're, well, me anyways, more flexible. Like I'm kind of neurotic in the sense that I over prepare for everything and I, I have noticed. every yeah yeah and I have everything like planned out and organized and I think when you have a kid like anything can happen at any time and your plans can just be totally like thrown into the garbage right so like you definitely I'm definitely more flexible and care less about things being perfect and organized and you know how they should be um right. So that for sure, I'm definitely Mostly. way, go ahead. I'm way more easygoing when it comes to like getting housework done. I used to always be kind of like a, like everything was neat and organized and tidy, like in my living area, but now that's definitely not the case. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I would say those, and I'm also more reflective I think because I feel new things now, like whether it be I'm Mm -hmm. frustrated, I'm irritated, I really take time to sit and think about why I feel that way. Uh, So I've definitely noticed that about myself, especially in quarantine, because those feelings have come up a lot more um, being being stuck at home, right? Right. So my... My husband is a very emotionally level person. Like I am, I I have extremes and I rarely live in the middle. Like I'm either really happy and incredibly hyper or I'm like not raging angry, but like I can feel it physically or I'm frustrated or I'm sad. Like everything I experience is on the extreme scales for my emotional comprehension. And my husband feels everything and he's just very emotionally level. When my kids get frustrated, uh, we have a pillow in a specific part of the room where they can go and they can feel whatever they need to feel. They can hit, punch, bite, scream, kick, holler, cry into this pillow and no one's going to stop them until they're ready to communicate in the way that almost two-year-olds can communicate, which is still mostly hitting, biting, and screaming. But just on a more level plane. And I was having a a tiny breakdown about something stupid that had gone wrong. And my husband's like, do you need a minute? Which is the same thing we tell our kids when they need to hit the pillow. Yes. (laughs) And so I went over and I didn't use their pillow, but I just found a new spot away from where I, I, I kind of normally operate. And I was like, wow, this works huh turns out momming can teach you how to mom that's weird (laughs) and so i i have started taking more time to be reflective and it's been incredibly leveling which is not something i would ever do pre-kids like i would just let myself kind of ride the little roller coaster until its end and then you know make apologies or amends or you know move forward with however I needed to act after either acting really hyper or strange or angry, which this makes me sound like a terrible person to be around. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, when you're describing yourself, I'm like, yep, same, same, same. <laughs> and and my husband is the same as well. Like he is so even keel. Like you yeah. won't get a rise out of him at all. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, I'm super happy. I'm super happy. Oh, I'm upset. I'm upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same thing. All right. So we are going to pick up on some more stuff about losing and finding identities as moms here in just one second. But first, we have to stop and hear from our sponsors. All right, Renee. So we're talking about losing and finding new aspects of our identities as moms. Do you ever feel like the mom version of yourself has to disassociate in order to become or focus on professional you, wife you, mom room you, other parts of your functioning identity? Do you ever have to turn mom self off or do you find that the, that's just there's not an off button for it? I think so. This is kind of related to, uh, you know, balancing other roles that I have in my life besides being mm-hmm. a mom. So whether that be like keeping up with things that I'm interested in. And I, I think I, because I'm aware that I need to do these things for myself, I think I'm good at making time for myself. And I don't necessarily, if I leave the house and I go to do something, whether it be with a friend or whatever. I don't have the mom guilt and I don't feel like I'm in the mom role anymore. But I think when I'm at home, like I have a really hard time when my husband's home and he's taking care of Milo. I have a hard time leaving where they are to go get my own stuff done. So when I was studying for my, the end of my PhD stuff, I would go to the library for the full day because I couldn't just come up to my to a room or go to the office because I I have a hard time letting him just take care of Milo and me not being involved which so it's weird it's like I can do it if I leave the house and I'm fine with that I'm distracted I'm doing my own thing but in the house I find it to be kind of impossible Well, see, and that's where my mom guilt, like I can leave the house. I made a TikTok joke about it. I can leave the house. And as long as my kids are with somebody I trust, I'm absolutely fine. I can be gone all day and I might check in once once in a while, but it's more so whoever is watching my kid gets an update. Yep. Still alive. Intend to return. Mm -hmm. Um, And I trust everything about my husband. He is a wonderful husband and father, but if he's in the house and I'm supposed to be ignoring them like mother's day mother's day he gave me the day off but because of quarantine that still just looked like me hanging out in the house just not doing the things for the kids that i normally do and he handled them and he handled them fine but i still like had to literally sit on my hands and bite my tongue to not hey make sure you tighten those lids right because they're a little wonky or did you put the other straw piece in or Hey, remember boy child doesn't like this thing for dinner. He knows. He fucking knows that. <laughs> I know he knows that. He knows how to be a good dad. 
But because I'm in the house, I cannot turn off mom self. But I'm like you. I can walk out of the house and I can bring my little water bottle and my sunglasses and my phone. And yeah, I've got kids. I love them. Where are they? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Totally. A hundred. Like I could leave and I had to leave because my school was in Ottawa and we live near Toronto now. I would leave for like a few days at a time and go be in Ottawa by myself. And I had zero issues with that. But for some reason, when I'm in the house, I can't, I can't do it. And my, my husband always says now, he's like, why don't you get out of the house? And I'm like, well, no, because I want to work on my podcast stuff and there's nowhere for me to go right now, right. <laughs> unfortunately. So, right. so yeah, it that's... That's also kind of why quarantine has been more difficult because I have a hard time not being a mom or playing that role when I'm in the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing how for both of us, it, it's very location tied and it might be might not just be location tied. I think it would it's probably distance from child. Tied. Yeah. Yeah. Like the further I am from my kids, the easier it is for me to fall into those other portions of me. Um, I'm naturally a, a planner. I always have been professionally before I became, you know, mama cusses and, and started this kind of brand marketing and, and being on TikTok and, and creating a mom community. Um, I was a planner and an event organizer and uh, a programs manager. And so it's very easy for me to remember all of those old aspects of how my brain worked when I'm not thinking about sippy cups and if we have milk in the fridge and uh, how many goldfish is in fact too many goldfish before, you know, we're just looking at malnutrition. Yeah. <laughs> I think part of it too, with being in the house for me anyways, is that I have both, a mom guilt issue, but also something that I've discovered recently is a partner guilt. Like I feel bad not helping out if I'm mm -hmm. home for some reason, right. even though like I can take care of Milo all day and I'm fine. I know that Milo can be difficult sometimes. So I almost feel bad for not helping out if I'm in the house. And it's like, that's where you kind of have to learn to put like, no, Renee, you want to work on your podcast, like go do that. That's your priority right now. Like right. your husband's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, there, there are times when, when my mom identity comes into direct conflict with my, my wife identity because I, I spend all day taking care of the house and I accepted those responsibilities when we sat down and hashed out how in the hell we were going to afford two babies at once. Like, mm. yep, this is perfectly reasonable. I understand that your earning income is higher. Your earning potential is higher than mine right now. Um, and then it just so happened it worked out even better because we had a global pandemic later and everything I was doing was cut from the company that, I, I had been at and if I'd still been at I would have been out of a job anyway mm. um so I mean it, neither here nor there but I accepted the responsibility of yeah I'm gonna take care of the kids and keep the house up and then as a mom there are times we already discussed there are times that I just laundry is not gonna happen y'all I can do a ton of shit I am very good at what I do most days 
but mommy needed a nap today, so you can suck it. And then wife <laughs> me is <laughs> wife me is like, you told your husband you were going to take care of this shit. Why the fuck are you asking him to do laundry? Well, he has some responsibility in the house too. That's the logical argument. But wife me and mom me argue a lot. Yeah, totally. I can relate to that totally. Being a mom is a complete mind fuck most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, juggling your, your, it's, I can't imagine not being super reflective and, and thinking about why I feel a certain way and, you know, teasing out different things. Because if I didn't do that, I, I would be like running around in circles, banging my head against the wall because, like there's so many feelings and things going on in your head at one time. So it's very important to try and tease everything out and understand what's going on. Well, and I, I think that is a fantastic takeaway for this this whole thing is being a mom is just is not just the physical aspects of laundry, food, shopping, making sure they don't, you know, kill themselves. Um it's also the emotional work that goes into it. Of we constantly worry. We doubt ourselves. We wonder if our partners have this. We, you know, there's there's a lot of emotional labor, and that's part of being female. I think yeah. a little bit, but it's also I think that that empathetic emotional labor is doubled, tripled, quadrupled with each kid you have with each 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 kid you obtain. I, I keep saying obtain because we're trying to be inclusive and you can have kids in a, in a wide variety of ways. So they're not all sex trophies. They're not all sex trophies. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the opportunity or, or the decision to, in whatever way works for you, catalog how you felt that day for a little bit when my littles were little little like counting in weeks still little I used this goofy little app that all you did was hit a color and a color indicated your mood and red was angry and blue was sad and green was ill and and it had this little this little uh, rubric that you could refer to and I just kind of painted this color board of how I felt over the first few months and weeks of my my now toddlers lives and that was a fantastic way to go okay as much as my brain says those first few weeks were total shit they weren't because I seemed to click the happy buttons more often than I clicked the sad angry buttons right and my head doesn't want to rectify that but I have the evidence <laughs> and I think that emotional processing is so important to keeping your identity as a human as well as a mom because I think a lot of people forget that moms are aren't supposed to be perfect we are in fact human and the best moms are the ones who acknowledge that and go yep I'm human I'm probably gonna fuck something up hopefully not so bad you need therapy for it like that's my yeah. goal <laughs> yeah exactly reach for the stars <laughs> tiny tiny holes no, that app, that app that you were just mentioning, that is really neat. And it's basically just giving you, even if it's a few seconds in the day, an opportunity yeah. to check in with yourself and see how you're feeling. And I think it's interesting that you said, clearly I was happy because I was clicking the happy button. But I think 
we tend to focus on the negative, right? Yeah. So, and we remember the negative more so than we would remember all the happy uh, right. things. So that's, that's an interesting app. Uh, I like it. And if that app still exists, it was, that was two years ago. That, that was a while ago. If that app still exists, I'll put that link in show notes. Uh, if I can find it, I know I had it on Android, so I'll see if I can locate the, the happy color, uh, mood app thing. I don't even remember what it's called, but I'm sure I can look at my Google history. All right. So we've got time for one more question. This is one that I didn't prepare you for. And I recognize Uh this is going to trigger your neuroses, but it's, it's, (laughs) it's easy. (laughs) I'm sweating. (laughs) It's, it's, it's funny. You and I have taken very opposite tack of preparing for a podcast. I am a chronic overthinker. So I jot down very basic notes of things that I want to make sure I say. When I say basic notes, a lot of times it's just a word that is enough to trigger. Oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to talk about. And you sent me an entire outline. I was like, oh, okay. Well, (laughs) Two different tactics. I think it's looking out both ways. But yeah, look, tactics. like, look how good this episode is going. Right. So, okay. So the last, the last question is, and I ask it to all of my guests: If you had a soapbox to climb up on and a microphone that was plugged into the brain of every mom on the planet, and you had one minute to tell every mom on the planet one thing, what would that one thing be? I. I think the most important thing that I would say is to take care of yourself and just stress the importance of keeping up with what you're interested in, having Mm -hmm. interpersonal relationships outside of your family, like keep those up, Um, you know which I think reflects in your health, like keeping up your health. And Mm -hmm. the number one thing for me that I've found super helpful is being completely open and honest uh, and communicating my feelings with my husband. Yeah. Because I think, I think like we're living in, in the house together. We're basically a team taking care of our son and, I think it's important for me to tell him when I'm having a hard time and he's him being completely non-judgmental and I'm able to ask for, you know, I need help with this. I'm not having a good day. And then he can be responsive to that. And it's really amazing. I've, I've found I've had horrible days and just with one sentence, I can tell him, like, you know, I feel really stressed out today. I don't feel like myself. And he can say one thing like, why don't you go take a walk or do this? And I instantly feel better just having said it to him and him acknowledging it. Your are, are fine. You're allowed to feel that way. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that would probably be my number one is being open and honest with how you're feeling. Right. And if you're a single mama, I promise you there are other single mamas who can be that sounding board for you. Oh, totally. Um, if you don't if you don't have a significant other either by choice or circumstance, there are other moms who will completely understand 
Um, if you don't have a resource for connecting with those, you can join my Facebook group. It's the Mama Cusses Facebook group. We have every variety of moms. We are non-mom shaming evidence-based and we're a mom group, but without the weird. <sighs> so, all right. Well, a lot of links that we'll have will be in my show notes, uh, including some resources that Renee, I'm sure, may have for me. Uh, I'll put those on mamacusses.com as well as Renee's uh, social media links so you can follow her on TikTok, Instagram, and anywhere else she has made her work, her ideas, and her beautiful face available for your Aww. consumption. Thank you. And my mom bun. <laughs> that every, not everyone likes to talk about on TikTok. My hair is apparently gorgeous, so. You do have a very, like, envy-worthy mom bun. Like, I cannot pull <laughs> that shit off. It's a hot mess, and it's glorious in all Thank of it. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will see you next episode. Be sure to check out the Mom Room podcast. I'm going to be guesting on that eventually. <laughs> and stay fierce, bitches. Mm-hmm.